0: Welcome back everyone to
1: another episode of the Stranded Podcast. You're listening to episode three. If you like what you hear so far or you're feeling really inspired, please do us a favor, drop a review on iTunes and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss a weekly episode. I am so excited about today's guest. She is a brand new mom. She's a kick butt philanthropist and she is the wife of Cody Sensibal who plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This woman is nothing short of amazing. She has spearheaded the idea of giving her birthday every year away to service. And I'm not talking about the day of her birthday. I'm talking about the number of days in her birthday from the age of 25. She's done 25 days of service Then 26 days, and this past year, she did 27 days of service in her community at multiple local nonprofits and service-led organizations. This girl is a powerhouse. She's the founder of DominiqueSenseBall.com, her amazing blog with everything mom, wife, and life related. She's seriously the sweetest person on earth, and we spend a lot of time today talking about The power of service, how it doesn't take money or substantial things to give to others and how just providing some time and your gift to others could really change lives. We all know that the rent we pay on earth is the service we give to to others. And Dominique and her family are truly a testament to the fact that love and happiness can be found in the service of others. And if you guys know anything about me, this episode is truly close to my heart because I'm a firm believer in the service of others. So without further ado, Dominique Sensaba. All right. Miss Dominique, thank you so much for joining the Stranded Podcast today.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited and grateful and just Honored to be able to speak with
1: you. so thank you. Listen, guys, I, I cannot explain this woman enough. If you haven't already, you've got to find her on on social media, Dominique Sensibaug. She is the blogger of com. She is empowering. She is obsessed with serving. She's a wife, a brand new mom, a very, very awesome philanthropist. And I've been following her journey for quite some time and I know she will be as inspiring to you all as she has been to me. And just your confidence. I'm obsessed with your confidence. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I guess
2: the beauty is that I, I think that comes from just being an audience of one. I'm a believer of Christ. And I just believe that if I can please him, I'm doing the right thing. And even though I fall short in my own household sometimes with my husband, you know, I may not cook for three or four days in a row or the house may be a mess or my baby may be mismatched socks, but <laughs> just different things, you know, it's like if I can just please Christ, I know I'm doing the right thing and everything else will fall in line.
1: So I love that because it's like your standards are with, it's almost like you're not worried about anyone else watching.
2: And that, that's something that's taken a long time for me to develop. And I think the confidence comes from that. It's just, you know, you your audience of one. And I tell my husband that all the time, considering his career and how he has to perform in front of large, large, large audiences, more so than anyone else is used to. And I just tell him, you know, audience of one, you, you perform it for a man above and that's all that really matters. So.
1: You guys and your standards. I love it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. You. You, uh, you just mentioned it. So if you don't mind explaining to our audience, because I know some about you, but they don't. Who is your husband? Cody
2: Sensbaugh, he is the defensive back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, we're going on our seventh year in the NFL and he's phenomenal. He's my best friend. We met at Clemson University where we both graduated from and we've been together ever since. It's actually our tenth year together. Three years married, ten years together. So it's just been a blessing. Oh, God great. has truly blessed us. Yeah. I will say that I've married my very, very best friend, my soulmate. So
1: Okay, so for anyone listening that are non-believers in love and marriage, um, she's breaking down all those barriers for you. What If you could give one piece of advice to anyone that's struggling in a relationship, what would it be?
2: I would just say trust the process. And if you believe in it enough to fight for it, it's not going to be easy. But if you know that it's something there that you need to fight for, and you just have to. And nothing great comes with ease. You have to work and work and work. There were times when my husband and I just couldn't stand each other, you know, throughout the process, but we just trusted God and really worked on ourselves. We closer close to God and we were able to grow closer to each other. We fought really hard for this relationship and to be where we were. So just be ready because you're going to have to fight for it. It's not going to come easy. <laughs> the honeymoon phase will quickly die. <laughs> and then what? <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then you have to say, wow, who is this person? But when you, when you marry your best friend, like... I mean, now my husband and I—we have a our baby is going to be five months old, our son. And like now, what's romantic for us is going to the grocery store uninterrupted, or taking car rides and sitting in the front seat together because I'm normally sitting in the back with the baby. You know, just I know. you got to make it. You got to make it what you can these days. So it's just a blessing, though, all of it.
1: Peace for me is like, after, and I don't—I mean to say this in the nicest way, but after I drop my son off at daycare and I'm like driving, like I've been Absolutely. with him the whole weekend and I'm driving to work or home and i'm like oh my god this is so nice <laughs>
0: i
2: know and i think you forget how much as a mom the me time that you lose you know as a parent in general um your time is so like right my husband's time, my husband we're so strategic with the schedule so when we can just kind of relax and just really enjoy each other and well, we have to be strategic about that because i know sometimes they laugh they call me helicopter mom it's hilarious because they're like you're always hovering over your baby you know i think you have to learn how to have a little bit of separation so that you can focus on your spouse and focus on yourself too. Like my favorite times are in the shower where no one can interrupt me. I start telling them, "Taking a the shower, do not bother me." <laughs>
1: Don't knock on the door. So, Don't ask for my help. You,
2: yes, you got this. yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly how it is. But uh, we can talk about being moms all day long. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've mentioned it in several podcasts. If um, if the audience doesn't know, I have a newborn as well. That, very close in age to Dominique's son. I think they were, what were they born like a week apart or two weeks apart?
2: About, yes, they were. But sure, I mean, you, you and your baby are superheroes to me. The story <laughs> is compelling. I know just everything that you guys have overcome and been through and just how strong you are. It's just, is such motivation. Like it's, you know, as a mom, you have to lean on other moms to just, you know, get you through sometimes. So just, know. just know. That your story motivates me beyond.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I love looking at him now and going, boy, you have no idea when you're old enough to talk and understand when I can tell you what all you've been through just to be here.
2: I know. Well, you know, my brother was creamy and I always say, I'm just strong. Like they make, they're strong and they make everyone around them so strong. Yes. Like, yes. And you never know how strong you are until you go through something that just requires so much of you. And I sometimes tell my husband, well, we got to dig deeper. You know, like when you truly go through those things in life and you're like, this is unbearable. You just dig deeper.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And then when you come out on the other side, it's so unique sometimes to look back and go, I didn't know I was that strong. Absolutely. You
2: never know that. And then it's
1: like, all right, what's next?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's such a character
1: builder. Like my boyfriend Mm -hmm. swears up and down that I hate to say it this way, but us almost losing our son. And me being in such a health crisis during our pregnancy, because they also didn't Mm -hmm. know where my health was standing during the process was Mm -hmm. um, coming out of that. I've been so fearless this year. Like I'm like, bring it on.
2: <laughs> and God just he used that that situation to mold you into where you are. That's why I think sometimes we have to appreciate the lows so that we can strive during our hives. you know like if we didn't go through the things that really test our faith and make us stronger like how, how will we soar like you said you know how will we know what we're capable of and how will we just fearlessly navigate through the things in life that almost try to break us exactly. so sometimes you when you're going through it you don't know that you know like sometimes you're like oh my god how am I gonna make it but it's really just sometimes it's that day-to-day and you don't always see the light but you're just trusting that you know it's gonna get better and then when you
1: finally get through it you're like
2: this is amazing
1: I'm so much stronger and better because of it. sometimes not during the process, but when I come out of it, it's like, I know God's working it on me to become the most relatable servant ever so that Absolutely. I can use these things to help other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have to address this. I was looking at your blog site. I saw where you were from and almost fell out. I do a lot of work in South Carolina, Columbia, especially. So you are from Columbia, South Carolina, like Absolutely. the smallest country place I could think of. <laughs> Tell me more.
2: Well, I love where I'm from. I always joke and say, my husband and I joke and say, we can't move back to our hometowns. Because we like a little bit of a different speed, but I'm grateful for just the beginnings and and growing up there. A lot of people laugh that are from South Carolina and they ask me where I'm from in Columbia and knowing that I'm a Clemson grad, and they're like, How did that happen? I'm like, By the grace of God, you know, I joke around, but yeah. um, I'm just grateful to be from a small town. I mean, you don't realize where you're from sometimes until you leave. Like, I didn't realize all the opportunities that I've been granted probably until I got college and um, was able to graduate from Clemson and study abroad and just kind of see the world and just the different things that I've been able to do. And I'm grateful for my family. My mother, she was a single mother with us growing up. My grandparents, they worked so hard to provide for me And I'm a first-generation college graduate and everyone has put so much into my success. And that's the beauty of being able to take them with you as you, it's like you reach while you climb, but bringing my family with me and all the places that I go because they were truly with me from the beginning. And that is a blessing, like, you know, having that, those humble beginnings and having those people that really rock with you from the very, very beginning and believe in you. When you we were in high school, wearing braces in the marching band, <laughs> and they see something in you, and you're like, "Wow! Like you got you really believe in me. You really made so many sacrifices to see me be successful." And I'm you just you're forever grateful for that.
1: That's crazy. I was just talking to another episode with a young lady that said that now that she looks back, she realized she was in so many situations. She was so mm-hmm. laser focused on her goal that she yeah. surpassed so many unique opportunities of like really engaging with her family or utilizing her mentors or her resources. Like she had great people in front of her and she didn't use them at the time
2: because yeah. she
1: was so obsessed with where she was going.
2: Well, the crazy thing is, it's like my heroes today. I mean, I have, obviously I have, heroes that are famous i love oprah i love everything she stands for she's dynamic i love president barack obama or former president barack obama in my eyes you know i, I say see so. name is serving <laughs> us and i love former first lady michelle obama i just love the servants who've done so much and they're so dynamic i love beyonce's i love jay-z i love people that are truly making an impact that transcends time but i also love my grandmother and my grandfather and my mom and my sister You know, and just in my husband, these people that I interact with on a daily basis who inspire me to be a better person, like my heroes are twofold. You know, they're people I haven't met and inspired to be. They're also the people that have been pushing me along. And sometimes the people I argue with are that frustrate me because, you know, family can frustrate you sometimes. But in that frustration, there's so much love underneath, you know, and without friction, there's no growth. So there's no such thing as a perfect family. I tell people all the time, you know, it's perfect. It's what you make it. So my family's just extremely supportive and I'm grateful for them.
1: Without friction, there's no growth. Write that down. Everybody. <laughs> so wife of an NFL player, married to your best friend, first generation graduate of Clemson University. What would you say some common misconceptions about you are or, or maybe even some things that people don't know about you?
2: So I love people, but sometimes I can be introvert. Sometimes I like because my husband and I travel so much just either he's training or he's working in one city, living in a separate city, a multiple residence. It's just we've had to adapt to being in so many different environments. And sometimes I just like, you know, some alone time. I like to cuddle and snuggle with my baby. And even before then, my first baby, I little shit too. I just like <laughs> to relax and be calm. And I love to exercise, like you know, I obviously don't get to do that as much being a new mom, but I just love to exercise, go for a great run, do a great yoga class, just really exercise to come in tune. I used to meditate even more, but I just love to kind of just process everything. I like to be alone and process everything. But then I love, you know, being social and being around my friends and new people. I love to meet new people and just kind of that interaction, finding balance, you know, like that's my thing. And I guess another cool thing about me is I love Beyonce. Like I just love her, her <laughs> vibes, you know, I just I just then love everything all about me.
1: feelings
2: after I know last night <laughs> I do I, I was you know but I just let it go and I just said to myself like I just love everything about her and her family and what they stand for and just I've grown up with her you know she's always I've been a fan of her since I was 16 years old and here I am 27 with 28 you know so 12 years strong I've just grown with her and I've watched her evolution and just what she stands for and how she's you know grown into a wife and a mom and a business woman and it's inspiring and I just love turning on some Beyonce in the shower and just just zoning out like and i love going to her concerts i've taken my husband a couple times (laughs) and you know he's such a he's such a great sport like he loves beyonce because i do but like he will hands down tell you she's the greatest performer living performer right now and you know he he just laughs because i get so excited it just amazes me that he can be so supportive like he'll go to a beyonce concert with me and i'll just be screaming and he'll be like like i'll get you some snacks like what you need baby (laughs) You, know, you yeah. need to hijack for the concert. I like your outfit. Like, you're so supportive
1: because, you know, I'm diehard. Beef there. So <laughs> You literally, yeah, that's support on another level because my boyfriend surprised me with floor seats last year. Oh my, gosh. oh, my gosh. And I was like, I had swore up and down I would never go to another concert again because I've had some bad experiences. Mm-hmm. But that thing, I mean, it, it wasn't even a starstruck part. She's just such a performer. That when yes. you're down on the floor, you feel like you're like in her world. It was yes. insane. I was blown away. I was like I would pay for that every time over and over again.
2: The crazy thing is is like us B fans and you know waiting around for albums.
1: They joke around. So
2: I watch clips of her previous shows. I'll go to multiple shows. Like I went to her recent tour three times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, honestly, and I went with different friends. Like I'm that type of fan, but I watched it in different like I first time I went, I was higher up. Second time I had four C thirsty. Like I just watched the concert from different angles. She does different performances each night. It's so unique. And I just love that about her. I love her craft and how much she puts into it. And whether you love her or not, as an artist, you can you have to love her work ethic. You have to love what she puts in. The way she puts her family together. Yes. And the crazy thing is, one of my favorite books is by Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell is called Outliers. And he talks about the 10,000 hour rule and how it takes 10,000 hours to truly become a professional. Like 10,000 hours of working at your craft. And like Beyonce has been doing this and she was tiny, you know, six or seven or even younger. And now she's this world renowned famous performer that has put so much time. So if you don't love her and her music, that's fine. You're crazy. But you have to love that work ethic. That if you don't love anything else, love the work ethic and how much she's put into perfecting her craft.
1: Well, it's what you just said. If you want to be anything, you know, substantially known as an expert or the talented whatever, you have to put, you have to be obsessed. You
2: literally yes. have to be obsessed. Yes. Um, my husband's agent. My husband has a female agent, Christina Phillips. And she's phenomenal. And I say that because she works so hard. The hardest working person I've ever met. And she's so determined and so intelligent, great in what she does. And she's obsessed with being great. And that type, like mean, those are the type of people I feel like you need around you. So to know that I have people like her on my team, my husband, who is my soulmate, to know that I have people who are obsessed with greatness. I mean, I know I'm headed in the right direction at all times.
1: Now you have to tell me about one of the coolest things you do. I saw it on social media. I had to do more research and look at your website. And I was blown away at your choice to do this effortlessly year after year after year. Um, Is this this happy birthday, Dominique? Where were you when you got this idea? Like? What are you doing next year? You know, how do you make this bigger and better each year? And what is it? Tell everybody about it.
2: I think this idea of birth from, uh, I was turning 25. And, you know, 25 is like a monumental birthday. It's like a quarter of a century. You know, you've been here for a while. You're not as young as 21 and you're you're five years from 30. So it's like you start to truly question, you know, what are you doing that has an impact? And I feel like God put the vision in my head. I truly believe in visions and seeing yourself being successful in different things. So I feel like God put that vision in my head and I denied it multiple times. So I was like, there's no way. What, You know, you question yourself yes. and you're like, what is this? Like, And you just dismiss it and then it comes back and you dismiss it again and it comes back. Well, this just kept coming back to me. You know, I kept thinking about, wow, what? You know, I kept trying to strategically think about, about how this would happen. And it just kept coming back. And finally, I just committed to it. Fully. I said, you know what? I'm going to do this project for my 25th birthday, 25 days of service. I'm going to give back to my community in an unprecedented way. And I just fully committed to it. And God just opened doors. So while we were in Nashville, Tennessee, sort of the team that my husband was drafted to, we lived there for four years, such a giving city, a great city to live and be and you know, flourish as a young philanthropist. But when we were there, I worked with so many different organizations in the community. I met with them. I just sent out the email to all the organizations I wanted to work with. And then I sent an email to my friends who had friends that work with other organizations. And that opened up doors because they wanted to work with me as well. And we wanted to do something around the holidays leading up to my birthday. So I eventually partnered with 18 organizations the first year and for 25 days straight. And my husband was with me every day, probably 23 of those days that first year. And every day after work, when he was practicing, he would come and we would, we would volunteer. We did Christmas parties at the hospital. We did uh, programs for victims of domestic violence. We worked with underprivileged youth, under research youth. We gave away Christmas presents to those in need. We worked with single moms. Like we just worked with like, different demographics of people that were needing specific resources during that time. And it was beautiful. I mean, it came together so well. And I was exhausted every night after, you know, a different service project. I was so exhausted, but I was so fulfilled. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it, you know, not having this energy. This was pre-mom. Because, you know, when you become a mom, you have a different set of years. But, you know, at the time, I was so exhausted. I was so happy and fulfilled. And I was like, this is my calling. So that first uh, year went by and I documented Via social media, just because, you know, normally I was super private and sometimes I am super private. I don't share everything via social media, but like I, I got such great feedback from my friends and family that the second year, you know, my DM started to fill up with, oh, you're serving, you're doing great. How can I help? I want to implement a different project. And just each year, every year that I turn, like I turned 25, I did 25 days. I turned 26. I added a day. I did 20. Turn 27, I added a day. So I turned to it like I was literally almost volunteering for a whole month straight. And it's been beautiful. And so many people have like DM me or contacted me or emailed me and said, I'm doing this in my community. I'm starting this event. You've inspired me. And that's nothing but God, like listening to him, listening to the vision he placed in me and acting on it. You know, I was recently selected by Magic Johnson's under 32 of leaders and great people that are under 32 years of age that are doing phenomenal things like Magic Johnson is. Uh, an amazing leader. And for him to, you know, his foundation to select me for my birthday project, like that's nothing but God. And my husband and I recently won a really cool award from the Points of Life Foundation, the Direct Volunteer Service Award, which is one of the highest volunteer awards that you can receive, you know, in the nation. And I just think like, had I not listened to Christ, like if I didn't act on this idea, none of these doors would have opened for me. So like, this project is just so much more. It's become a way of life for me, and it's become something that's so impactful. I always go with my husband. I don't know how long we'll do it. I mean, I guess I'll go until I'm 35 or 40. I don't know. You know, maybe we'll just keep volunteering into the whole quarter, second quarter, third, last quarter of the year. We're just volunteering from, from October to December. Yeah, I was going to but... say you'll end up volunteering <laughs> for two whole months. <laughs> I know. it's It's just been a blessing, though. So I'm going to just go as long as I can implement my family into the project, which I've already been able to do, slowly been able to bring projects back to my hometown, to Nashville, Tennessee, to my husband's hometown, doing things abroad that's in the works. And then just implementing my son into this project, allowing him to serve as well. Like that's going to be a gift,
1: you know, having him by my side as we serve our people. That's my next obsession is I'm like, I can't wait till you're old enough to walk because Mm -hmm. boy, will the experiences begin. We will be feeding people. We will be visiting people. I need you to know everything that's going on with you know, exposed to everyone that's doing great things and everyone that's not doing so well. You need to know it all. I think sometimes
2: kids can become attached. I think adults can become
1: attached. That's another reason. Some people in my
2: circumstance can intentionally separate themselves from real life. You know, in real life is people are struggling. You know, people need things from us. And it doesn't even have to be, you have to use your resources to serve those in need. So if you're a computer engineer or if you're a barber or a stylist, you can serve, you can find ways to use your gifts and serve those who need that. You know, you can teach young kids how to code. You can go volunteer at a homeless shelter and, you know, teach life skills. To young teenage moms or work with an organization that helps young moms, you know, retrieve their kids or take care of their kids. or you can work in a school and volunteer and help. Like there's so many ways in which you can serve people that are in need. If you're a chef, you can once a week volunteer at a soup kitchen and provide you know phenomenal meals that's one thing we did one year you know that's one thing we did one year we provided christmas dinner and we got it catered and it was just phenomenal like and they were so grateful and they was like thank you for remembering us for thinking of us like you'd be so surprised at how you can use your own gift and cater that Uh gift to serve those who need you
1: philanthropy is really just the creative art of giving it's Absolutely. Not, it doesn't necessarily have to be financial. I mean, of course, for a nonprofit, financial gains are great. When I was a college student and broke, I wanted to give back so bad. And I literally went around community centers and taught step teens so that they could perform right at the end of their year performances. And I would always have mothers come to me and say, Oh my God, this was the first time in years my kid stayed every day until the end of the day. You know, like they would leave the community mm-hmm. center and go home and. These moms would say, oh, my gosh, my kids stayed until the end of the day just to practice with you. They loved it so much. And you just have no idea what small skill or talent you have that you could offer to someone. It's a huge benefit
2: to be able to help them. And I think, like you said, you use your gift. I think a lot of people, when they hear philanthropists, that word can be misguided, where it's like, one, you have to have a lot of money. You have to have influence, which those things do not hurt. Don't get me wrong. You can use your gift, your simple gift. To help individuals and tailor that to working with groups, and honestly, you know, money is is replaceable, but time you can never get that back. So when you invest your time, you're making a huge investment. So what are you giving your time to? And that's something that I think to me is a more valuable resource than anything than money. It transcends everything because your time you can never get that back. So you want to make sure you're giving it to something that truly stands for something and really investing it into people who need it, and you know, really making it impactful.
1: Right. So this started four years ago, right? Yes.
2: Just forget the time. It's flying by so fast. My husband's like, girl, you have 25 <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going yeah, to be doing a month. <laughs> yes, this year will be 29 wishes for 29
1: years. And, you know, just consecutively builds each year. It's insane. Like, I, I think about three days of service and then I'm like, would I have the energy after that? From this, these, this 25 wishes, 25 days for your birthday. Is this what birthed your blog and your continuous philanthropy or? Was the blog in the works before that?
2: I think the beauty of the blog was
1: I was afraid to
2: tell the story at first. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes in person, I've never been afraid to be vulnerable, but sometimes on social media, at first, I didn't want to show too much of my life. But that's the world we live in where we can share and interact with people. And there's so much beauty that comes from that. And I always joke around with my husband, with my husband and say, my pictures may be perfect, but my life is far from. And I love being able to be honest about that. You know, I love being able to tell people this was a struggle. So my blogs are just my way of showing my imperfections, but just being vulnerable and showing individuals how, you know, God's blessing not been able to overcome different things and just different topics that make me happy. You know, Christmas time outside of the philanthropy portion. I have to blog about decorating my house. Like I'm the self proclaimed Christmas queen, you know. My husband <laughs> jokes around, and I love to decorate. So I just, you know, got my family members together and was able to talk about that, or just talk about different things. My baby, my different mom blog, and the, and the struggles, you know, as moms that we have to overcome, and then talk about the philanthropy and you know just different things that have I'm dealing with as a woman. And that blog is just my way of of
1: expressing it
2: and sharing it with the world.
1: Wow. So you. Just mentioned the Magic Johnson, 3,232. 32. You and your husband just received the award for volunteering in philanthropy. You have a successful blog. You have a newborn. This sounds amazing. You know, if you take a <laughs> step back and look at this, it's amazing. Was, was there ever a time in your journey where you felt like this wasn't going to be your life or you were in a stuck phase? I was just listening to a, a TED talk this morning and she mentioned that uh, a recent poll showed that one third of Americans are disappointed that are stuck in their life. So that's basically like 100 million people are stuck or feel unhappy in where they are. Was there ever a time in your life where you felt that way?
2: Absolutely. I think graduating from college, I had different expectations. I feel like I had expectations, but I, I couldn't see them. So I think I saw myself in a place, like I felt like I should have been in corporate America. I should have been doing XYZ. I was exhausted after undergrad. I was so exhausted. So I was originally going to go to law school. Did I did. I'm going to get my master's. I applied for a couple of positions with companies I won't mention, but that didn't hire me. And honestly, I'm doing, would have been doing the similar things that I'm doing now for myself and my family, which I'm kind of glad, you know, hindsight, 2020. But, um, I was discouraged. You know, I was discouraged. I felt like I should have been doing things that I wasn't. I felt like I should have had this type of career. Like, I never allowed myself to go through. I I never gave myself the grace that I should have early on. So what I've learned is you just have to trust the process. When those people denied me for those positions, that was a blessing in disguise because not only did it make me more humble and more, I say, aggressive in my work ethic, but it also sparked something in me where I could work for myself and my family and build my own brand and help people. Like I truly do what I love. So now working from home and working with refined precision consultants and being able to Have my hand in so many different projects. This is something that I love, but I needed to go through those setbacks and disappointments in order for me to be successful where I am right now. So if you are stuck and you are in a funk and you are like unsatisfied, I think you want, you have to snap yourself out of that, but you also have to understand sometimes God will use those things to turn around and make us great. You know, he'll Mm -hmm. use that disappointment and that setback and that frustration to fuel something in us that makes us unstoppable in the future.
1: I was literally writing about this this morning because I write in the morning sometimes and I was writing about how you have to consider your life the perfect setup. The zigzags and the figure eight journey, you know, it's never a straight line and everything that's sad or bad or the trials that we endure, it's really literally meant to build upon our journey, to push us in the right direction, not for us to give up, not for us to get frustrated or stop. I keep telling people I know for a fact that all the rough things, you know, crazy things that happened to me were for me to be the most relatable servant possible. Like I can't serve and give in the way that I want to if I can't be in a position for people to say, oh, my gosh, me too.
2: You know, and that's beauty because, you know, even when we met, you shared your story with me, I was inspired. The fact that you're able to share your story, I think sometimes we are afraid to be vulnerable. I think in our perfect social media society and I think people are showing things, I think sometimes we we misconstrue perfect pictures on social media or just how we perceive someone. And I think that vulnerability that we're able to express, I think we have to appreciate that from single moms to individuals overcoming substance abuse to individuals overcoming something tragic in their life. Like when you are able to share that and truly be yourself and be authentic in your hurt and your pain and your triumph, I feel like we as people, we have to embrace others and accept that. And we also have to celebrate that, you know,
1: Exactly. Exactly. When people are their true authentic self, I'm like, thank you. Because there's nothing I believe in more than transparency. And the the quote I live by is, you are smart if you can learn from your mistakes, but you're wise if you can learn from others. And if I can share, 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 and you can be like, just one person looks at that and goes, thank goodness I didn't do that. Or, wow, let me think twice before I do what she just said was a huge mistake she made you know, or let me, let me think twice before I get frustrated about my current situation, because look, there's a brighter side. That transparency is, we should be living through each other with those stories. Absolutely. And I think we should be more
2: gracious to those who've made mistakes, learning from their mistakes, but also a forgiving society that truly appreciates that people can be people. I think sometimes we forget that, you know, people are still people. We make mistakes, we overcome things, we have bad days. We have low moments. We have high moments. And I think sometimes, you know, we can forget that. But allow people to be people and to grow and appreciate that throughout their growth.
1: I was just having this conversation with my boyfriend, and I'm so glad you said this because I've, I've been wanting to share this, but I've been reluctant because it's so much of me and I'm just afraid people won't be as forgiving as I'd like them to be but I was arrested four times before I was 19. I was on the path to destruction. I read
2: that briefly You know, as we talked and I think the beauty of that is that you're sharing that now and you're using those setbacks to mentor and to work and to help other people and I honestly ask how many people probably should have been arrested or probably have gone through something where you could say oh man if I had gotten in trouble for that you know if you really assess your life look in the mirror you know my husband and I we have truth moments and we say they look in the mirror and say, what can you truly have done wrong? What if that was magnified to the world? You know, how would you truly feel? So why would you hurt, you know, put others on a pedestal in which they can't be forgiven or they can't, you know, make those mistakes? And then you're using what you went through to just be a better person and mentor to someone else to make sure your siblings or your, the peers you're, you're around or those you mentor, they don't go through what you went through.
1: Right. The least critical people will always say, you know, I did the same thing you did. I just didn't get caught. But I know for a fact that it took me years to figure out, but that was not nearly not who I was. That was never who I was. It was just the way that I allowed myself to be led. I was led Mm -hmm. by the wrong people. I was fed by the wrong people and I wanted to be like the wrong people. And once I got myself out of that and moved forward, I realized that that I was of no service if I didn't take my experiences and, you know, mentor at youth, and that's exactly what I do right now I work for an organization that serves 100% of population of youth that have been arrested before or incarcerated and is trying to give them a second chance and help them find their potential and I couldn't imagine a greater gift I know that I went I went through that to be as relatable as possible to the youth that I serve
2: I, I think at the time when we we're going through it you know we asked ourselves like what was I thinking you know yeah. I think if you don't have those moments like did you truly grow up you know right. <laughs> but there's so many moments what was I thinking and I think even now with social media, like young people have access to, to broadcasting their lives and they, and they display a lot. My husband and I always joke, we are so grateful that there was no, so, you know, that social media wasn't as rampant as it is right now. Because some of the things that we did, we would never want them broadcast or share with the world. Because, I mean, when you're growing and learning, that's why I think sometimes we can be a little harsh on our youth. And instead of, you know, we just shut them off. Instead, how about we talk to them and tell them, hey, you know, maybe we should take that approach. You know, maybe you should. And like you said, working with individuals or incarcerated youth, you can relate to them in ways that they can never imagine. And sometimes people are acting out of pain. And if we get to the root of their pain and how we can truly help them, imagine how we could be much better servants them. You know, as adults, imagine if we weren't afraid to, you know, express some of the things that we did wrong. Imagine how much greater of an asset we could be to those that may be struggling or going through things. Imagine that, like, if you just could be transparent and say, well, look, or if you took the time. I think a lot of people that are successful, sometimes you say, well, I just don't have the time. You know, truly, we really don't have the time, but we have to
1: make it. Yes, exactly. Because the way you're paying rent on this earth is the way is how you choose to serve people. I'm looking at all these accolades. I'm still stuck on this, this (laughs) 30, this recent award with you and your husband, the successful blog, the successful business, this continued philanthropy. What's the goal for next year? What's next? Besides a bigger, greater 29 wishes.
2: I think for me, the goal is just to continue. It's kind of a a day to day thing. My short term goals and long term goals you know, are starting to kind of blur a little as far as I just want to have not enough time. I just want to spend so much time with my son and embrace him. He'll never be as young as he is today. i told him that every day, you know, just just being able to to fully embrace him and not be too busy for him or not be too busy for my husband. Like that's my goal. And, you know, my husband laughs. He's like, you say that, but you're going to be doing something else grand. Like you never do anything that's easy. And, you know, I laugh and I was like, wow, I really don't do things that are easy. And that's okay. Like, and that's God's path for me. But right now, just my short term goal is just being the best mom to him, the best wife. I can be the best servant to those around me. Uh, Long term goals, just continue to grow this blog, share this message, working with the youth. I've been able to tap into a couple organizations that work directly with the youth and just serving as a long term mentor. Just continue to meet great people like yourself and just interacting on a whole new level. And just having great energy, I think people underestimate the power of just being
1: surrounded by positive, uplifting energy.
2: So just making sure that that's what I'm putting into the earth by meeting great people and just doing, you know, doing God's will, His work.
1: Exactly. It's life changing. And it's so funny as a mom, things change so much. You you go from like all these wild goals to like, I just want to find a balance and love my son. That's all I want to do this year.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. And I mean, that made me you know my son went on two mission trips. I was pregnant, like when I was pregnant, I went on two trips to Haiti. I got a lot of slack from that from some people, but I just really trusted God. God I prayed about it. Of course, I took proper precautions. My husband and I took a lot of precautions to protect myself and my son, and we're taking him on his first mission trip in March to Puerto Rico. yeah (laughs) and i'm just ecstatic you know i mean granny it's not a lot of things he'll be able to do at the moment he won't even be walking but he's taking his first mission trip and he's you know he's kind of serving his team mascot you know providing hope and smiles (laughs) to our
1: team babies are great at providing smiles
2: i know providing hope smiles and cool spit bubbles and all like (laughs) you know Team go. Mario over here, just doing the best we can. But I mean, I'm just excited. I'm taking my youngest sibling with me. One of Mr. be ten years old, he'll be eleven, and just being able to show him the world, like that's exciting for me. I have so many different projects that are in the works. My husband will approaching us his sixth annual free leagues football camp in his hometown of Kingsport, Tennessee, and it's like the time flies by. It's like where does it go? Seven years in the league, six year host in this camp, and um. And the beauty of this camp is like, this was our first major project, right? When he was about to get, trying to get drafted, I was like, we need a free youth football camp. He was like, baby, I got to make a team, you know, I got to, I got to get there first. I was like, nah, it's happy. You're going to get there. You're going to thrive and do well. And we're going to be able to give back. So six years later, you know, we're still doing this camp. We've served over 2000 plus boys and girls in the East Tennessee community. And it's just surreal. And I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful for where we've come from. And just the things we've been able to do. So
1: I love you guys so much for this reason, because
2: thank you.
1: I don't, I don't mean to say it'd be degrading to anyone else, but it's like for the position you both are in, you know, I'm sure him being in the NFL, you not having ample time and you both choosing to use any of your free time to give, lead, fun, just tons of philanthropy, you know, create things that are reoccurring for multiple communities. You're really like taking your network and leveraging it serve as many people as possible i just don't know too many people that would choose time and time again to do that maybe once maybe twice maybe during the holidays but this is just an ongoing thing for you both i
2: think the beauty of it too is his career is what he does it's not who he is and this
1: is a great career it's
2: a blessing we're extremely blessed and grateful for the opportunities that have been afforded from his career but um at the end of the day that's not that doesn't define his purpose and my purpose as well. And we know that God places sector to serve and to help and to do the things that we can and invest our time back in the people who need us. So, and that's something we found early and I'm, I'm grateful for that.
1: So, finding something that you both are, you both are the same exact, you know, both very passionate about, what's something that you, Dominique, loves about herself? What do you love about yourself?
2: I think I love my ability to kind of bounce back, to change. The disappointment, setback, that optimism. A lot of my friends would joke around and say, oh, you know, know, Dom's always going to find the glass half full. And I was trying to be positive. And I've, I've needed that, you know, in my life. You know, becoming a new mom and just, you know, the different dynamic that happens with that. Like that's truly been my saving grace, being able to find the brighter side of things. And I see that in my, in my son. I see his smile. I see his energy and just how positive he is all the time. And I'm just grateful for that. You know, I think our babies have the best of us and seeing that in him, it just inspires me. So. I love when you say that. <laughs> I mean, he keeps me up all night. You know, I joke around like my baby is the best baby in the world, but he's not a great sleeper. You know, let's be honest. He's yeah. he's definitely not. But, you know, I'm just grateful that he he is pleasant when he's awake.
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
2: but no, his energy is amazing. And he just inspires us. He's really shown me how strong I am. And that's beautiful. Like he's shown me, I thought I was strong until I had him. And, and it's just God's gift. And just to see so many amazing things about me and my husband and him and to see his own little personality unravel. Um, it's beautiful. Like, like that's just beautiful.
1: Oh, it's amazing. I love it. When they become alert and start really like their personality comes out, it's adorable.
2: Absolutely. It's like, oh, and then just kids, is, don't they inspire you to be your best self? You know, and I think and you don't have to have children to do that. That's not what I'm saying. It's just it amazed me at how much, you know, I wanted to become better, do better, see more, be more
1: for him. Oh, we um, mean fearless. Literally yes. really fearless. I was like if yes. I can do anything, I have to leave a legacy for you. I you have to be able to look up one day and go, Well, I have to do this because my mom because my absolutely. mom absolutely strives for the best in everything.
2: And being someone that, you know, your child can be proud of. Yeah.
1: I wanna make him
2: I don't want them to have to search out like I want them to be proud of me. That comes in. And my husband always jokes around like you see him, you take care of him, you love on him. Those things would be great to him. But like he'll be proud just to call you that you called him his mom, you know, that you could be his mom. And that's something that I'm truly, truly grateful for. Like it's just God's greatest gift and just navigating through that. And where I'm trying to go as a leader, as a philanthropist, as a businesswoman, just those things, it's all try- tying itself together and just really just, you know, grateful for this journey so far. It's had its ups and downs. It's been stressful. You know, it's, it's had tragedy. It's had triumph. But like, God oh, is good. And things have just been, you know, amazing. I look back on the journey. I'm like, where did the time go? <laughs> right. So
1: everything Why? Especially when you're doing what you love,
2: Right. And it never feels like a job. If I could give any advice to anyone, it's just find what you love and do that wholeheartedly. Because once you do, doors will open up for you and you'll never feel like you're working. You may be tired, but it'll be a good exhaustion. You know, you'll feel good that you went to bed doing exactly what you love.
1: Do something that when you wake up the next morning, you're excited. Absolutely. Because it'll it'll
2: never feel like work. You know, it'll never feel like you went to work. It'll feel like you're tired, but it'll never feel like you just, you punched the clock day to day and didn't do something that was great.
1: Yep. I remember when I was like 22, I remember I was working at a community center with, I've been doing this my whole life. And I was working at a community center. I remember calling my mentor and we were having a conversation. I was just explaining to her how exhausted I was. And she said, listen, is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? And I said, without a question. And she said, just relax and enjoy the journey because if this is what you're truly passionate about, eventually you'll get paid to do what you love or you'll find a way to survive doing what you love. Because God's never going to take you away from that. Just keep doing Absolutely. what you're doing and, and everything will fall into place. And she was
2: right, it did. Absolutely. Imagine how if you were, like, what would you tell your 18, 21-year-old self or just your younger self, you know, about following your purpose and living in that purpose. Yeah. And that's something that I would give to young young people. Find that purpose early. If you don't know what it is, just search for that. Try everything. I know, you know right? Don't be afraid. Like, I, and don't, as an adult, do you feel like adults, like, as you get older, more fear sinks in, I guess, because you're able to process a little better. bit. Yes. <laughs> so you're like, you're like, you start that fear. But that fear, I mean, that's a good and bad thing, because one, you're supposed to become wiser. But also that fear can sometimes hinder you, because how, how many new adults like to try new things and meet new people and get put into situations that are kind of uncomfortable? I feel like you should just, I mean, like if you're comfortable, if nothing great is birthed from a comfort zone. So you really got to get out of that comfort zone and work in spaces and places that make you uncomfortable so that you can grow.
1: Listen, I'll use myself as an example for everyone. It took me three years to change my mindset, to believe that I could do something like this and two years to actually put the podcast together. And it was all because of fear. It was because of the fear of, Oh, I'll sound crazy. And no one will interview with me and I don't know anyone. And I mean, I, I had a long list of fear and doubt that I couldn't do this. I mean, fear is the killer of all dreams, literally. Absolutely. Now,
2: now tell me this, haven't doors just opened up in amazing ways for you since oh. you listened to your, to that vision?
1: <laughs> it's falling into place. I mean, from it DMs to phone calls with just, every, people are pouring in. Like it's mm-hmm. not even, it's not nearly as difficult. And even the resources, like, you know, even I was like, I don't want to put a whole bunch of time or money into this because I'm also working my full time job and I have my mm-hmm. newborn son and we've got, you know, crazy medical bills because of the NICU and just a ton of things going on. You know, and I was like, I'll just kind of take my time with this. But I mean, just even the resources have poured in, you know, with everything that I've needed to set this up, everything has just literally aligned itself from the people to the resources to everything that i've needed and the continuous reminder of people reaching out to me and going oh your post today or oh this changed the, the track of my day that's all i need to feel like that's god's little nudge to say keep going keep going mm-hmm. this is exactly what i need you to do
2: i think it's those small victories i think people forget about that one of my mentors really good friends my pastor um, Bishop Joseph Walker, he has a really great book out now called No Opportunity Wasted, The Art of Execution. And he emphasizes the details. He emphasizes how if you can just tie those details together to a great victory that matters and how we have those small victories in life and how much they mean to the, to the big picture. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think sometimes we negate uh, our small victories. Sometimes we say, oh, that's not as important as we want it to be. But it truly is
1: exactly, exactly. I love that. I actually wrote it down so that I can find it after this. Is it? Can I find it anywhere?
2: Absolutely. Um, it's no opportunity wasted. The art of execution. I'm actually working on the blog post about it, but it's by Dr. Joseph Walker. You can visit Mount Zion anywhere, and that will work, or Mount Zion, or just follow Joseph Walker III and gain access to his book. But I mean, he's a great leader, and finding great mentors. You ever realize how many? great people around you that you need to find them so they can inspire you to do better because I always say my husband and I joke we're the smartest person in the room or the most successful person in the room we're in the wrong room we need to get around people that that are inspiring us to grow and stretch
1: I dropped my pen when you said that because (laughs) I have been living by that forever if I'm the one educating everyone in the room I'm in the wrong room because Mm -hmm. there's no one in there that can teach me anything And I was somewhere a couple weeks ago and said this in front of some coworkers, and they all looked at me like I was crazy. And they said they'd never heard that before. And they said, why wouldn't you want to be the smartest person in the room? And I was like, I was mind blown. But I was like, you know, Mm -hmm. that's a mindset thing. That's either you're eager to continue to grow and learn, or you feel like you've already made it. And that's actually the very reason why you're stuck where you are. Girl, I feel like you just said something that was substantial we have to schedule another podcast (laughs) we definitely have to i would love to be able to share the progression of the
2: projects that we're working on now but also just being able to hold each other accountable and uplift each other and i think that true support being able to provide my husband and i always joke around when people tell you one i'm not like i don't tell everyone you need to work for free if you have a skill set just give it away but sometimes i think you do need to give it away you do need to look at an opportunity to serve And that's the beauty of serving. It's like, you know, you're implementing a whole different set of skills to be able to help others. But whether that's event planning, whether that's organization, whether that's logistics, but sometimes it's okay to give away your strengths to others to make something better because you'll never know who you'll meet along the way. You'll never know what opportunities and networks you'll build and connections you'll make. And I think don't be afraid to work hard. You know, like, (laughs) I mean, there's nothing wrong with being smart and strategic as you work hard, but you have to put the sweat equity in in order for something to be successful. And I think some people forget that. Like you you can't skip the grunt work in the process, the greatness. Like you gotta just you gotta get through that day by day. And that's hours and hours. And sometimes you gotta stay up super late while everyone else is sleeping. Or sometimes you'll miss the opportunity to hang out or go out or do different activities. But it's okay because you're making that sacrifice for your dream. And like you said earlier when we were talking, you gotta have that obsession.
1: Oh my gosh. Most nights I'm holding my son in one hand and watching motivational videos in. Yeah. with <laughs> the other or typing in the other. I mm-hmm. literally was holding him on my legs last night and typing with, I was holding my laptop like a violin. I was holding mm-hmm. it on my shoulder and typing. <laughs> yep. We were <laughs> together. I was typing with one hand and him in the other yeah. hand. <laughs> well, that's, that's, it's, the part, it just, that's the part I'm excited about with surrounding myself this year with people like yourself and the things that we're working on because I've known since I was 17, that mentors were important because mentors changed my life. And that's a whole nother episode, but I have a mentor that changed my life indefinitely the entire track. And I get it. Mm -hmm. There's one for each season and how important they are and to latch onto them. But what I didn't realize until recently, how important accountability partners are and having someone that's doing as well as you or a little bit ahead of you, or is in a position that excites you and then sharing your dreams with them and letting them be your accountability partner. It's really, really key, especially someone like yourself, where you and I are in very similar situations with, you know, newborn children, the, the thought and the love to passion to give. Um, I'm just really, really excited to, to surround myself this year with people like you that want more, that thrive for more, and that are just trying to find a balance and hold each other accountable. Keeping that tight circle is so important. Last question. And I think we hit on it a ton of times, but just in whatever way you want to provide If for all the dreamers, achievers, people listening that have a goal in mind, you know, like similar to me, I wanted to do a podcast. I'm finally getting that off the ground. You know, some people may want to start a business, a blog, uh, whatever their goals may be. Uh, a career opportunity that they've been striving for, what, what would your advice be? Good friend of mine. His name
2: is Patrick Walker-Reese. He's a motivational speaker, phenomenal leader, ed- ed- educational leader, teacher. He always reminds us that the universal rewards consistency. And I, I just appreciate that because if you are trying to do something great, you will fail. You will have setbacks. You will face so much torment sometimes and you want to quit, but you just keep going. You'll be so surprised at how at some point you will be successful. And, you know, my husband always says, like you said, trust the process. And my husband inspires me because he continues to work day in and day out. and He never gets comfortable. He never gets complacent. And that's so beautiful. And, and that's not only in his career, but in our marriage and in his role as a father and just everything that he's doing. So if you just can adapt a spirit of excellence, work your butt off at towards your goals, you will be rewarded.
1: Adapt
2: a spirit of excellence. I love yeah, I mean, excellence in everything you do, from excellence to cleaning up, excellence to cooking, even if you can't so do it with a spirit like you can. not <laughs> Adapt that spirit that everything I do, I'm going to do, do so well that no one's going to do better than me. And I'm going to do it with a spirit. Just, there's so much zeal and excitement and joy, even the things I don't want to do. And I promise you, if you continue that up and you put that sweat equity in, the universe will reward your consistency.
1: Love it. I love it. Because I, I think we get caught on autopilot a lot. Yes. And yes. In that we get complacent and just kind of half do everything. I mean, I can't even name the times where I stopped and looked up and went, wow, I'm really only really giving half of myself to this. Where mm-hmm. Where's the rest of this? Where's the rest of me? The best part I have to give. And it's just that just in that complacency and that redundancy that we get caught up. But like you said, to just have that spirit of excellence all the time is really something to strive for. I love it. Before we close, happy birthday, Dominique. Is that something that you're encouraging others to do in their own community? Because it's not that I'm discrediting you, but it is easy. It's something that could be replicated easily. Is that something you're encouraging others to do? I would love that. I would love for individuals
2: to, you know, take on some type of service project and give to others in an unprecedented way or just find a way to, to give give their time, sacrifice some time. It doesn't have to be 28 days. <laughs> right. um, it definitely doesn't have to be that, but you can find a way, set a goal and achieve it and, and find a community that you want to work with or a cause that's important to you and commit to it for 28 hours um, in a semester if you're a student or two to three times a week if you're a working adult or just finding a way even if it's donating a monetary contribution to an organization or to a cause that's truly made something to you, you can find a way to serve, that fits you. And you, you can sacrifice a little bit of time to do it, but definitely making, owning that and committing to it fully. And if you need the support, contact me via email. If you need whatever I can do to help individuals do that, because my goal with this project is to serve. And it's not my project, because I've seen people kind of recreate, recreate it a little bit. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm glad about that because I truly believe that this idea was just given to me to share with others, for them to share, and for it to grow exponentially. The domino effect of kindness. And so if I gave then others gave and this person gave and that person gave, and it just started this chain reaction of serving and giving. And that's the beauty of it. So short answer, yes, I would love for (laughs) people to implement this and I will serve as a resource to anyone who does and and wants to, you know, serve their community in any capacity. It doesn't have to be around the birthday or Christmas. It could be around any time of the year in which they want to serve and give.
1: You heard it. The busiest woman alive says she's still here to help. (laughs) If you want to check out more about her happy birthday, Dominique, uh, you're looking for opportunities to serve. You want to see more about what she's done. See if this is something that you can replicate in your community. Or if you just want to know more about her or you want to be inspired by her like I am, I would encourage you to check out her website first, dominiquesensiball.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at DominiqueSenseOfAwe. You have to check her out. It's a must. She's a powerhouse and she makes mommying and philanthropy and boss wife look super, super easy. Check her out guys. And Dominique, we can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for joining us. And I would say bye, but it's see you later because we will definitely be doing this again.
2: Absolutely. Thank Thank you so much. I appreciate you. God God bless.
1: bless. God bless. Much love, darling.
0: Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today,